Welcome to Pour Out Ministries podcast. We are so thankful you're listening today. Our prayer for every single listener is that your heart would be awakened for more of Jesus, that the love of the Father would wash over you and the power of the Holy Spirit would burn in you. We love you and we believe you'll be blessed today as you listen to the Word of God. This is where I belong. This is what I was created for. I was created for him. I was created to have intimacy with Jesus. Thank you, Father. I don't care about the awkward silence anymore. I don't care about... Because <laughs> if you're not here for Jesus, then I can't help you anyway. You know, I felt while we were worshiping, I kept feeling that that scripture rise up in my heart about restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I mean, some of us, we have, probably everyone in this room has that story to tell where Jesus showed up in your life. And like they were singing earlier, you have that story where you can say, I was dead. I was dead. But now I'm alive. I was thinking while I was worshiping. And I really don't know if this is normal or not. I'm just being transparent with y'all. Every day I wake up is not a good day. I have bad days, I have good days, I have emotions just like everyone else, And but I was thinking while we were worshiping, and I don't know if this is normal, but it's the only way I know how to live. Every day, no matter what happens during the course of that day, when I wake up, He is on my mind. And when I go to bed, he is on my mind. And during the day, He is on my mind. And I can't get Him off of my mind. He has pierced me through with such a love that even if I were to run, I can't get Him off my mind. And I did nothing to deserve his love. He just freely gave it to me. And I feel, let me wipe my nose so I don't drive Mr. Tom crazy. He told me last time I cried when I preached, he said, next time you do that, I'm going to come show you where the Kleenexes are. So... You get to hear this. 
I did nothing to deserve his love. But he freely gave it to me. And it really doesn't get any deeper than that. The deep things of God, it's the love of God. When that's not deep enough for us anymore, it's an announcement that we've entered into religion. And the prayer of our heart has to remain every morning when we wake up. Father, remind me of your love. Because 1 John 4 tells us that we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. For us to be able to pour out our heart and our love and our worship on Jesus, we have to be hit with a revelation of his love for us. It's the only way it works. We can try to work it up. We can try to discipline ourselves into it. And we need to walk in discipline. And we need to walk in those things. But if all you ever do is walk in and discipline the rest of your life. And you never cross over into actual intimacy with him. It's a miserable existence. And I'm... The, the number one person that can tell you that what I'm beginning to experience with Jesus, I don't deserve. I don't deserve it. And I think there's too many of, how do I say this nicely? There's too many men and women that stand up and they'll tell you what you need to do, but they won't take the mask off and show you that they don't have it all put together. And so what happens is you create these groups, these big groups of people where literally they think they can't measure, ever measure up or ever get to the place where God can encounter them in a radical way, where God can speak to them. You know, we, we throw out language as mature saints in the Lord. We throw out language like, oh, I heard the Lord say. Or the other day, I was spending time with the Lord and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And we just, it's just commonplace to us. We just throw out language. The, when you say that around someone who is not religious and hasn't been in church their whole life, so it grips their heart in such a way and they walk away and I can promise you they walk away and, they just, and they're thinking he just said that God spoke to him but we think nothing of it you know this week we were uh, I was praying for a co-worker in the office and we prayed for him, and immediately when we took when we took a step, Mr. Tom was me and Mr. Tom were having a conversation. This guy came in; he had a situation going on. We laid hands on him and prayed for him, and immediately, I mean, the tangible presence of God filled the the, the office. I mean, the whole atmosphere just shifted in a moment. And he left, and we kept talking, and then a few I don't know an hour or so later, he came running back in. And he said, I just wanted to say thank you 
He said, because I just felt something that I haven't felt in a very, very long time. And when he said that, the Holy Spirit rose up in me and he reminded me, he said, Jared, see, I'm not common. You get used to me and you get used to my presence. But others need it and you have to let it out. Because others don't, the level of peace that's in the room right now, available to grab, in other environments and in other homes, this peace has never been anywhere near it. And so we have, we have to get to a place where Jesus becomes all that we need with nothing else added to it. We don't need to add anything else. I love it. I think it's Matthew 7, verse 21. That's actually, I think that's it. Let me turn there and read it to you. It's where Jesus, he's telling these parables. Let's see. Matthew. Matthew 7, 21. Yeah. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. That's, that's scary. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, 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 have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name. Done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to declare to them I never knew you depart from me you who practice lawlessness that's that's a heavy verse so let's let's talk about that you prophesied in his name you cast out demons in his name you did many wonders in his name but then he says, depart from me, I never knew you. See, there's one thing on the, the heart of the Father. One thing. He wants to know you. And he wants you to know him. That's too simple for a lot of people. But that's where the deep stuff is. When we get to sit down in the presence of the one who before time even began was hovering over the face of the waters and over the surface of the deep and the one who said, let there be light and there was light. We get to come before him and get to know him in the deepest way, not just through physical touch, not just through intellect, but we get to know him in a place that was created just for that relationship in our spirit man, our spirit being. We, he can touch us in a way, in a moment where it releases a groan 
where it releases a power, where it releases an authority, and it's the deepest place of who we are, and we get to come before him and get to know him spirit to spirit. That's why David declared, deep cries out to deep. Deep cries out to deep. We get to know him. That's why Paul cried, oh, that I may know you. And that word know, it's, it's the same word, I think it's genoska in the Greek. And it literally means intimacy between a husband and a wife. He's not just talking about intellect. He's talking about you're going to get to know me because you're about to experience me. You're not going to know about me and know factual things and historical things about me. You're not going to just memorize scripture, but you're about to get to know me the way a husband and a wife get to know each other. Mm. I'm going to read out of the Song of Songs. Um, Man, another thing I was thinking about during worship, two things. It's a side note, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, man, he is good. I'm glad I'm not professional at this (laughs) at all. Man. I was driving home on Wednesday and they were singing the song about thunder and lightning surrounding him, surrounding his throne. I was driving home on Wednesday right before the storm hit and uh, I turned in my neighborhood and I mean it was getting dark and bad, uh, thunder and lightning. I'm driving down Magnolia Bend Road or Magnolia Lane whatever road I live on. <laughs> we're driving down that road, and uh, all of a sudden, this bolt of lightning, I mean, just came out of the sky. And it, my windshield, I heard my windshield like, like crack. I mean, I thought I was dead. I was like, that's how powerful it was, just like, pow! And I thought it was, literally, I was like, I could have died just there, you know? And I told Chris, and I walked in the door, I said, like, I really think God just, like, spared my life. Like, I felt like I was, like, this close from the lightning bolt. And it, uh, I don't know, has anybody ever been that close to lightning? I mean, it's the most powerful force I've ever seen in my life. And I, they were singing that tonight about thunder and lightning surrounding his throne, you know. And I was just, it took me on this journey in my head about Wednesday driving home and how he even created the lightning. He's the one who created the lightning. Remember he tells Job, he's like, when Job's aggravated at him, he's like, you tell me. Where does the lightning come? Yeah, where were you when I created all this? Where were you? Where were you? He created that. And I want to get to know him. 
were crying out, Holy, holy, holy. The angels surround His throne and cry, Holy, holy, holy. 24-7, they cry, Holy, holy, holy. And He invites us to get to know Him. Second side note before I get into this. I'm going to try to hurry up because I want to do one more thing tonight before we dismiss. Second side note is this morning we had such a wave of just the love of God, the glory of the Lord. I mean, we could have just, we could have sat in here for hours with what he deposited this morning I mean it was incredible and uh, there's a word I, that I've used for years and I call it watermark and I feel like this morning was a watermark moment where literally we can look at 321.21 write about it in our journal Talk about what the Lord did and make it a memorial before the Lord and say that was a watermark moment and we're not going backwards. We're not going backwards. We're going deeper still. We're going deeper still. And I, I like using that word watermark because with the Lord, I mean, he, when he deposits something, he wants it to increase. The Lord doesn't deposit something and then expect you to squander it and watch it decrease. He wants it to increase. And the best way that something can increase is leaving the house of God and stewarding it in our own home throughout the week so that when we come back, what's on our life is mixed with what's on your life and my life and his life. And the watermark rises even more. And why is that important? Why is it important? It is important not just because we want a cool experience with Jesus. It's important because His glory in the earth transforms cities, transforms neighborhoods. It tra it's like what I told you, I've been praying for specifically there to be a drought with heroin and a drought with meth. When we, when we come into a place of presence and we, we come before the king and we're asking him things and the, the glory mark is rising upon our life and the light is beginning to shine, what does the Bible say about the light? That the darkness comprehends it not and that it extinguishes it and it can't stay. That's why it's, in, it's important to have atmospheres of worship. It's, in, it's not wasteful. It's not wasting time. It's not just people coming together to try to have an experience with Jesus. We come together and worship because we believe as we worship, the manifold wisdom of God is being made known to what? The principalities. That's the job of the church. Ephesians. Our job is to make known the manifold wisdom of God to the principalities of the air. 
And tonight as we were worshiping and saying, holy, 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 worthy, 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 I'm telling you, the principalities over this region took notice of it. And guess what they have to do? They have the same knee that I had to bow to Jesus is the same knee that they have to bow to Jesus. And the principality of addiction, the principality of meth and heroin and that spirit that's run rampant through my generation has to bow its knee. Because I'm a son of the Most High God and it has to bow its knee. And people may say, oh, you're shooting too high. No, I'm not shooting high enough yet. It's got to go. And it's not going to be in my neighborhood. It's not going to be on my street. It's not going to be in my family. But it's also not going to be in my city. And it's got to go. And that happens through watermarks. That happens through the glory of God rising in the earth. And that only happens when a heart is awakened and says, I want to know you. And I want to sit down long enough that you would come and actually rest upon my life. Go to Jerusalem and what tarry there until I undo you with power, with power from on high. And Kristen said this a couple weeks ago. You know, start off with 500 in the room and it dwindled down to 120. You know, people don't like to wait on the Lord. People don't like to get out of their religious box. That it, God, if God's going to move, He's going to move. In this amount of time, and it's, he's going to move because we sang this song, and he's going to move because the building looks like this, and he's going to move because the children's ministry looks like this. No, God's going to move because he finds hearts that are open and crying out and saying, manifest yourself among us. And he loves to do it. All right. So the last thing, this is really the thing I wanted to get to. So it's the last thing I'm going to share, and I'm going to ask Kristen to press play on a song that I feel like is very fitting for the night, to end the night. This is Song of Solomon, chapter 1. And I'm going to preference this this way, that when I was introduced to the Song of Songs, I had never read it before until... 2016 and when I was introduced to the Song of Songs it changed my life and I don't say that lightly it changed my life Um, I'm just going to say if you've never read the Song of Songs read it the Passion Translation is an amazing translation they do a good job with the Song of Songs and you can read it literally from cover to cover in a moment. Just, you can sit down and it won't take that long. And you can read it. And I promise you, if you open your heart, it's going to just revolutionize your entire life. So, I want, I'm doing this for a reason. I believe the Lord spoke to me. I was talking to Kristen about this earlier. Is... This changed my life so much that I feel that I have a responsibility to actually teach these Song of Songs starting in chapter 1 all the way through. I'm not doing that tonight. 
But <laughs> I, I, I believe that I'm supposed to record some podcasts, do some teachings on the Song of Songs, because a lot of people look at the devotional lifestyle with Jesus or people who long for more of his presence or people, and they don't understand what, what is this about? Why, why is he over there just weeping and I'm over here not feeling nothing? And the Song of Songs answers those questions for you. And so I'm going to start with uh, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, The most amazing song of all by King Solomon. Verse 2. This is the Shulamite. The Shulamite is the eventual bride. She's going to be the bride of the groom. Verse 2 says this, Smother me with your kisses, your spirit kiss divine. So kind are your caresses, I drink them in like the sweetest wine. I have a note written under that. And I wrote this years ago. I said, my responsibility every day is to get intoxicated on his love. That is why you could be in the same room with somebody that's over there just getting hammered by the love of God. Yeah. And you could be back there saying, I don't feel a daggum thing. And so tonight, now that that revelation's been released, I release the responsibility on you. Every morning you wake up, you say, smother me with your kisses. You may not feel anything at first, but I dare you to keep praying. Smother me with your kisses. Smother me, Jesus, with your kisses. Your spirit kiss divine. So kind are your caresses. I drink them in like the sweetest wine. I dare you start. If, if you're one of those that says, I'm just not near to him like I have been in the past, or I've never felt him like the way you're talking about, I dare you start praying that prayer. The spirit kiss divine. I'm going to read this footnote. The spirit kiss is what made Adam, the man of clay, into a living expression of God. Dust and deity met when the maker kissed his spirit wind into Adam. The word of God is the kiss from the mouth of our beloved, breathing upon us the revelation of his love. The kiss is when dust and deity meet. That's the spirit kiss of God. Verse 3. Your presence releases a fragrance so pleasing over and over poured out. For your lovely name is like flowing oil. No wonder the brides-to-be adore you. Draw me into your heart and lead me out. We will run away together into your cloud-filled chamber. So here she is. She's been smothered with his kisses, and all, and all of a sudden she's, she's understanding. Understanding comes into her mind immediately. She starts saying, crying out, smother me with your kisses, and immediately revelation hits her life. 
Listen, your presence releases fragrance so pleasing. Wait, 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 what happened? What happened? She began to get smothered with the kiss of deity. She began to wake up in the morning and couldn't get, couldn't get them off, off the mind. She began to go to bed at night and say, I can't stop thinking about that time he kissed me. I can't stop thinking about that time he just came in and he just smothered me with a kiss. And he, he caressed me and the wine of his presence began to fill my heart. I can't get rid of that. And so immediately revelation and understanding hit her life. And she goes, oh, this is what the brides-to-be have been telling me about. This is what that guy over there in the corner that won't stop weeping, that's what's happening to his life. Verse 4, draw me into your heart and lead me out. We will run away together into your cloud-filled chamber. I got a note, this whole thing's marked up. Got a note right here that says dimensional change. Draw me into your heart and lead me out. Religion prays, lead me, God. Lead me out. Lead me out. The prayer of the bride of Christ is draw me, God. Draw me. Draw me. Into your heart, not into my desires, not into my ambition, but into your heart. And lead me out. I want you to picture the heart of God in front of you. And I want you to picture going from this world into his heart and him leading you out into a cloud-filled chamber. That's why I wrote dimensional change. Dimensional change. It's literally, you go from one world into another world. It's a shift. And his world is so much better than my world. This is, I have another note written, I want to read it. This is the place I belong. I searched for years and years and years and never quite felt like I belonged anywhere I searched out drugs I searched out athletics I searched out relationships I searched out alcohol I Searched it all out. I just never quite could find where I belonged. But when I came across, smother me with your kisses. Your spirit kissed divine. And he began to draw me into his heart. And it's literally the only place where any of us belong. We belong in his presence. We belong in him. In Christ. We're supposed to put on Christ. Literally step into him. And that's where we belong. 
And he promises us that he would come with the Father and make his home in us. I know this is just simple teaching, but it has revolutionized my world. That I belong in him. And I can stay in him. And I can abide in him. John 15, there's probably not a week, and this is not a stretch. John 15, there's probably not a week that goes by that I don't at some point read John 15. Abide. Abide. That's my privilege. That is my privilege to abide with him. A couple more verses. This is the brides to be now. It says, We will remember your love as we laugh and rejoice in you, celebrating your every kiss as better than wine. No, more, no wonder righteousness adores you. Here's the Shulamite again. Jerusalem maidens in this twilight darkness, I know I'm so unworthy and so indeed. So here she is. She's encountered, and this is for one, it, it, probably for one person, like, but we're going to get through it. Here she is. She got smothered with kisses. She got intoxicated on his wine. She got filled with revelation knowledge of why other people see him the way that she now sees him. And all of a sudden, something shifted in her mind, and she's back to this place where she said, Jerusalem maidens in this twilight darkness, I know I'm so unworthy, and I know I am in such need. I have a note that says, many of us stay here our entire life. Even if it's true, even if it's true that you are unworthy, even if it's true that you messed up and you failed miserably last night, we must receive what he says over us. And this is what he says over her in this moment. It says, yet you are so lovely. Yet you are so lovely. Can you hear him saying that over you? Yet you are so lovely. She answers back, I feel as dark, and I highlighted and circled, I feel. I feel as dark and dry as the desert tents of the wandering nomads. That's pretty dark. I don't know much about that, but that's pretty dark. <laughs> as long as we continue to wander back to what makes us feel good, we will continue to end up dark and dry over and over and over again. He speaks back over her, yet you are so lovely like the fine linen tapestry hanging in the holy place. You've got to receive what he says over you. It changes everything. It changes everything. Yet you are so lovely, like the fine linen tapestry hanging in the holy place. In verse 6, here she is, she's about to just uncover everything. She says, please don't stare in scorn because of my dark and sinful ways. 
My angry brothers quarreled with me and appointed me guardian over their ministry vineyards. Yet I've not tended my vineyard within. Won't you tell me, lover of my soul, where do you feed your flock? Where do you lead your beloved ones to rest in the heat of the day? For I wish, I wish to be wrapped all around you as I go among the flocks of the under shepherds. It is you that I long for with no veil between us. It's the last verse, verse I'll read tonight. And Kristen, if you could get ready to press play. Listen, my radiant one. If you ever lose sight of me, just follow in my footsteps where I lead my lovers. Come with your burdens and cares. Come to the place near the sanctuary of my shepherds. There you will find me. My dearest one, let me tell you how I see you. I just want you to close your eyes as I read this part and just really picture Jesus speaking this over you. My dearest one, let me tell you how I see you. You are so thrilling to me. You are so thrilling to me. To gaze upon you is like looking at one of Pharaoh's finest horses, a strong and regal steed pulling his royal chariot. Your tender cheeks are aglow. Your earrings and gem-laden necklaces set them ablaze. We will enhance your beauty, encircling you with our golden reins of love. You will be marked. I love that word too. You will be marked with our redeeming grace. We love him because he first loved us. And I just charge you to either go back and recover how you used to feel that he thought about you or to let him draw you into a new dimension and a new depth and a new watermark of his glory of how he feels about you now. We must fix the way that we think the Father sees us or we'll miss out on all the fun. what happened to the, the prodigal son's older brother. He missed out on all the fun because he, he didn't have a, a right vantage point of, of what the father thought about him. He thought, he thought he was the servant, but he'd been the good son all along. But the father would have gave him anything. So I want to play this song. I think it's about eight minutes long. And I just want you to drink this in. And I feel like this is the last thing we're going to do tonight. I don't want to make any promises. but uh, Drink it in. And then go get the Passion, the Passion Translation Song of Songs. And incorporate it somehow into your time with the Lord. 
And I think we'll be doing more out of this. But I'm telling you, I dare you. I don't, I don't care if, if I'm asking you, pray, smother me with your kisses, your spirit kiss divine. First thing when you wake up in the morning, just ask him. I know it's weird, especially for guys, for us to go there like this. But it will change. Thank you for listening to today's message. Make sure to stay connected through following us on Facebook or visiting our website at pouroutministries.com. If you would like to sow into what God is doing through Pour Out Ministries, there will be a link in the description below. We hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time on the podcast. Thank you.